When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Steve Peters, Craig Morgan, as always, and we are very excited to welcome back, just the second time in 2023 already, you just couldn't stay away from the studio. It's Arizona Coyotes General Manager Bill Armstrong. Bill, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. So we We might need to get new chairs for Bill. (laughs) <laughs> a little, a little larger, you know, you get that perspective when you put him back about three feet, so we all look like we're small. Yeah, I, I feel he, doesn't yeah, need, yeah. he doesn't need the footstool that yeah, we have for a few yeah. <laughs> Movie twins? Yeah, yeah you two. <laughs> right over my head. Not so, the twins, yeah, the, the twins reference Leo lost it. No, no, I'm gone. Really? Nothing? No, nothing. Uh, Sorry. Schwarzenegger, Yeah, yeah no. Classic. I got nothing. All right. So I got to ask before we get going on some of the details here. Have you had any sleep? I, I did. I slept for about two days straight. It was uh, it was great just to get knowing everything was cleaned up and done. And, uh, and you know, we were playing games. You're handling some other stuff. But for the most part, there was two good days of sleep. And, and uh, I saw my, uh, our staff last night there, and they all looked uh, well-rested too. <laughs> uh, but we were pretty beat up. It's it's on. Like, there's it's it's on when, uh, when the deadline hits. So you've... You know, you're just working the phones constantly. And, and the good thing about living in uh, beautiful Arizona is that you're on a different time zone than most GMs. So they feel that they can text you at 6 in the morning. Oh. <laughs> yes, yeah. can so imagine. Do you, yeah. uh, do you have like a soundproof room at home you put on the eye mask? Or the, <laughs> the noise the machine? Out? I do. I do. I actually, I do. Yeah. I mean, living in Arizona is the, the beauty of it. You can walk out for a swim and, uh, you know, a hot tub and get refreshed and uh, look out, and, you know, to the beautiful Arizona sky. So it's uh, it certainly is a good place to have a day off i'm glad that you, to hear that you're well rested but your initial plan was not to be well rested the day after <laughs> the trade deadline ended what, what did you have planned because well i, I yeah. still have some form of that plan i had just had to adjust i wanted to get over to europe and, and see some of the top Jeez, uh, one, day later. <laughs> uh, one day later Quick and uh, as we say and, and pd said earlier it's on to the next and that's what uh, being a, a gm is all about is when you finish one thing it's on to the next and uh you know the the prospect there's a couple prospects that weren't sure they were going to play and uh, so i just said it's not worth the risk of flying all the way over there and yeah. uh, i needed a couple good days of sleep so <laughs> yeah. but you look at th- this trade deadline specifically there were a lot of the big chip pieces yeah. that went early and it was it, you wondered what was going to actually happen on trade deadline because so much happened earlier than than normal yeah so for you what are those days like before the trade deadline like I, I want to get inside your office. Are you picking up the phone and calling every GM? Or are they calling you? Or are you just, it's like, uh, how does the process work? I, I'm on the phone a lot uh, just because I'm trying to, 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 you're trying to feel out the vibe of what's happening. When I, when I say that, I mean like what team is in and selling, what team are now buying. So you're buyers. not even asking specifics. You're just calling, yeah. hey, how are you doing? I mean, just think about how, how, how the market changed. You know, all of a sudden Detroit jumped in there. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and sold a few of their players uh, to, to get some picks. You know, all of a sudden Doug Armstrong's in there, you know, in St. Louis, and he's and he's moving some bodies. And then out of no- left field, there's you know Nashville sitting right up against the playoffs, and and they move their their players. So the landscape was just constantly changing, and you have to you have to have a good eye on that. You know, it, it can work in your favor, um, like you know, one year when the free agents came available. You know, we knew, you know, there was a huge interest in Darcy Kemper and we knew we were just counting down the team. So this goaltender went that yep. now there's two teams left and there's there's our goaltender sitting there. So you have to keep a vibe to that every morning and really work the phones to understand the, the lay of the land. 
Is it like the movies? Is it like you see the big whiteboard up there and you see all the players in front of you? Uh, my my staff makes fun of me all the time for the amount of whiteboards that we have around. Like we have whiteboards everywhere. Um, and actually, there's a, there's the new ones that slide, so I've got like oh, even no. more that you know. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, um, but yeah, you need a lot of whiteboards. <laughs> We're gonna dive into some of the trades in more detail in a second. But now that it's been a couple of days, you've had yeah. some time to digest. What do you feel like you accomplished at this? trade deadline well i i know the uh the canadian media uh will be a shocker for them uh because nobody really likes the coyotes uh <laughs> but we made a huge strides in our rebuild and i know that nobody wrote about that because they they missed the boat that we have picks all the way back to 2026 and and you know from the moment that i've taken the chair as gm for the oats we've talked about pretty much you know refurbishing you know re rebuilding the stock of, of picks and uh We've now done that. And so when the deadline had ended, I felt really, really good uh, about the fact that we've got picks all the way back to 2026. 2026. If we did nothing and just drafted, um, we would, you know, we would make huge strides in this, uh, this, this franchise with the fact that how many picks that we have. So we feel really good about where we are as an organization. We pulled off a big trade um, and acquired two prospects. Uh, we had eight, eight, I think eight, eight picks we gained it was a massive trade deadline for us and i know that uh you know the media and especially on the canadian side you know they didn't pick up on a lot of things that we did because there's really two trade deadlines uh there's two different meanings there's one that you're trying to acquire a player to win a championship and those are the big sexy trades the ryan o'reilly's and the barbershev's of the world and and the big you know the big pieces that come and then on the other side of that, there are teams that are trying to rebuild for the future. And, and, and that's what we were doing. We were trying to gain assets. Like the, the plan all along was to take in players and flip them at the deadline to gain assets. And I felt we did a good job of that. And we finished out the rebuild as far as picks through this last deadline. Um, and people don't write about that because it's not, I guess, you know, sexy in that form. Um, we didn't clinch the big player to, to, to you know, now take that you know, final step to win a cup. Uh, but what we did was on the side of that is we gained picks to do that. So um, I felt it was a huge deadline for us and we accomplished what we wanted. 47 picks over the next four <laughs> years, which if you were to execute all those, and we'll get yep. to that later, yeah. would be an NHL record for over a four-year wow. span. So yeah. it's it's, it's an insane amount of picks. Yeah. I want to ask that you— That doesn't even count the ones we just had, correct? Does I, think it, I think that's total over that's, the next That's four total? Years. So okay, okay. Didn't quite get yeah. to the full deck of 52, but you don't want yep. that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the other thing, the other piece of this that a lot of people talked about was, oh, they weren't taking money back. Yeah, I'm just going to let you talk on that because I know you have a, a yeah. inside perspective on all of that. It's it's pretty interesting how that narrative gets pumped out to the media. Why would we take anybody's debt back? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. That's like you selling your car and someone goes, yeah, here's 10 grand. Take my debt. Like, why would we do that? Uh, we're, we're very smart with the dollars and, and we're on it. And I'll give you an example of how we use our dollars. Like, there's not, I think we're the only trade that kind of got the value for $176,000. We got a third round. Yeah. Like we are on the money. We, we try to maximize our money. And so if we go out and, and, and take, you know, there was a trade last year for a player roughly like Chikram where the return basically was, was a first and two seconds, but they took $3.1 million back to pull that deal off from us, not taking somebody's debt or bad player, however you want to think. Now we have the opportunity to use that money to either to create assets or to buy a free agent that can be here and to help us take the next step instead of having a bad player in. For 3.1 to 5.1, that gives us an opportunity to use that money wisely. So I'm really excited about the fact that uh, that we didn't take uh, debt or bad players back. LTIR, a yep. lot of talk about that too. Yeah. You want to address that? Yeah, I mean, whether you use LTIR and you're the top team and you're pushing the limits and people say you're cheating at 96 mm -hmm. million or you're doing it the other way, there's always a little bit of controversy because you're, you know, you're using what the CBA allows um it's just probably at times people are like what are they doing for us it allows us a tremendous amount of flexibility whether we're moving people operating in the summer whatever we are doing to create assets it gives us flexibility we had ltir last year um it didn't stop us from taking a step where we became a better team this year and and again it won't it won't stop us 
from becoming a better team next year. And you look, you look at the assets that you have in the upcoming drafts, and, and Craig touched on it earlier. It, by no means, you have to draft all those players. They give Correct. you an opportunity. Like last year, you were able to trade up and get another asset at a higher pick because right. you have so many assets. Could you tell us a little bit the strategy behind that? Yeah, it, well, with our picks that we have, it gives you a lot of different options when you go into the draft. It gives you a lot of power. And, you know, we'll talk about it, you know, in depth, but we've used, you know, to get McBain, we used a second rounder. We And and that's part of the process is that if, uh, you know, I was reading a book one time and I was talking about the Houston Rockets did it, where they, they gather enough picks and went and bought a player and helped them become a really good franchise at the time. And that was a, a good theory of, of we're going to put, put that theory to, to work um, because we've used one of our assets to buy McBain and we're going to basically go out there into the field and do it again when we get to that point that we need to add a player that we haven't been able to draft. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to go out and do that. So it gives you a lot of flexibility. And the second part of that, when you go into the draft, you can basically say, listen, we got the pick 27. We want to get to 11. Here are the assets that we can do that. We can get up the ladder uh, to where we call the where the money makers are. You know, twelve and up is is how we classify it in our organization. It gives you a lot of flexibility as an organization. So I, I love the fact that you have that power when you get to the draft. But that kind of talks about last time you were here. You talked about having tiers of players that your scouts follow. Yeah, and you pick twenty seven as example. If you yeah. say the player we really like is twenty five to thirty falls in our range, yeah. we're okay. But if you say the guy we want is 12 to 14, yeah. we have to get that player. Yeah. That allows you that flexibility to maybe go out and get that player at 12 to 14 that you really, really like. Yeah, and, and that's what we did last year with, with Geeky. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went up, we climbed up the ladder to, I believe, 11. We took a few other picks, 27 and a couple seconds to get up that. Get up there. And it's, it's not very often that you see a, a team go from 27 to 11 uh, to pick high in the draft like that. And we have that power to do that. So it's it's nice to have flexibility that you can you can go out there and be aggressive and create, you know, a, a higher-end prospect from the draft. Well, talking about the the trades that happened, Jacob Chicken, we, have, yeah. we yeah. have to talk about it. It's all we've been talking about for about a year, and we finally saw yeah. that trade go down. It was kind of the thing we were all waiting for. Um, there was, I think... Some of the narratives, at least on Twitter um, and in yeah. our chat and in our Discord, was maybe that you didn't get the return that people thought yeah. was the ask. What can you tell us about what you had been asking and how things unfolded for you to get the return that you ended up yeah. getting? This story could go on. We could literally have a whole show <laughs> about these trades. It's a great question. First of all, if you look at you know some of the, the, the trades that have gone down in the past and you take Dougie Hamilton and he got traded, I believe – uh, went from Boston to uh, Calgary, Calgary yeah. and they got a first and two seconds. The first went at 15, and the two seconds were were mid-range second-round picks. He had won the Calder the year before. He was 21 years old. Um, that was their return. Um, but the return was based on where the pick lied in the first round because there's different tiers. There's There's one to five, six to 12, 13 to 20 and 21 to 32 and there's a different ranges in the draft and so yeah we could have looked unbelievable and i could walk here and say oh we got two first rounders we got pick 27 and we got pick 32 you know and 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 we got a a a c-level prospect that we didn't like and you know everybody goes oh my god they got two first rounders and listen that was our ask we we wanted to make sure we walked through the door with two first rounders and, and try and get a prospect out of it. Well, you know, the lay of the land at the time, you know, changed for us because there was a, teams that would give us that, but we would take anywhere from $11 million back to $3.1 million back. And that didn't make any sense mm-hmm. for us to get our ask. And at the same time, you know, when this Ottawa deal came upon us, we realized, okay, listen, there's a good chance we're going to pick between 11 to 15 with Ottawa. You can take 27 and 32 as picks, and you can get up to, to 14. That's the best you can do. So in the ranges, people, that's where it gets misconceived that everybody says, oh, you got your first-round pick. Where, where does the first-round pick lie in what range? And so when we figured, okay, listen, you know, and then the year before, um, we had a deal on the table from a team uh, that was interested at Chick at the draft, 
And the biggest thing, the best we could get was the, the, the you know, close, I think it was somewhere between the pick was somewhere between 12 and 15. So we knew, you know, the, what we were talking about was in range where, where, you know, that's what we could get last year at the time. And now we could not only get this range 11 to 15, but we could also get two seconds. I mean, we don't know where Washington's going to be next year. You know, who knows who they sign in, in, in the summer. And we also get Ottawa's pick, but it was a no-brainer for us because we have an ability to pick high in that range. Now, we also studied, you know, where what, what Ottawa, Ottawa's pretty good at home. They're pretty good home record, but they're, they're below 500. And the majority of their games are against tough competition down the stretch. I think they've got the third worst uh, strength of schedule. Yeah, strength yeah. of schedule. So we took a chance on that to get a high pick in that range. Listen, if everything falls the Yotes way and the hockey gods strike for us, we could pick at six. I know Leah wants to ask you about that risk, but I want to dive into those tiers a little yeah. bit more. Like when you pick one to five, I think everybody knows that's where oh, yeah. you might oh, get yeah. franchise players. Yeah. What's the difference then between six and twelve, and then that next range, and then the last range? What are you, what are you talking on average? What usually comes out of those tiers? Yeah, it's it, normally the, the the top end tier. You're, I mean, the top five. That's that's those are the you know the one two defensemen that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, you're looking for a, a top end center. You know, a top line scoring guy that can get you fifty goals. That's what you're looking one to five, and it and it just drops a little bit from from five to twelve. Uh, sorry, six to twelve in that range, but you're hoping to get the same player at one to five. You're just hoping to be a better scouting staff. Yeah, you know. Then when you get out of that range and you get into thirteen to twenty, you know, you're you're looking, you're hoping that you know on your biggest day you hit a Robert Thomas out of out of the park. There's a good NHL player player there, but he's probably not going to be a, a star star. You're hoping for you know Jaden Swartz would be a guy that that you hope okay. for in that range that he's going to play a long time. He's going to be a point producer. He's going to be a little bit under a point a game, and you're going to be happy with him. Um, and then when you're when you're in the, the the final range, you know probably 21 to 32. You know most times you get a third line guy. You get a fifth, sixth defenseman. Uh, that's what you mostly get out of that range. And if you hit it like out of the park, which you know we became good, you know in St. Louis, uh, just because you get into that range and you and you get into the twenty-six pick um, and you study those ranges, I think we became good. But most times, most teams get a third third line player out of that range. So I think knowing the ranges and know that we know. It's a deeper dive, and it's funny to me. Like I, there was criticism, and let's be honest. I mean, as a GM, you get a lot of criticism. That's that's you sign up for that. Yeah. I get criticism in, in, in the house that I didn't take the garbage <laughs> out. So I, I'm not opposed to to, to to having criticism. But what I do find is interesting. Nobody knows where that pick lies, and yet yeah. they were so quick to jump on us that this we didn't get this big sexy return. Um, and we kind of knew that at the time. But our job is to do the right thing. And we feel the pick is going to lie somewhere between 11 to 15. That's going to give us a good chance at a really good player. And with all our back picks, you know, we could also accelerate that if there was a team willing to take a chance or didn't like what was in front of them or felt they could get their player letter. Later, we, we might be moving up. There's a lot of different options that we have um, that, that I like. I'd like to encourage people. Because we looked at this after you mentioned this, Craig and I went and did yeah. a little deep dive over. We weren't as analytic as you yeah. guys are, but we yeah. went go picks one through 15 and then 16 through 32. And everybody encouraged over the last 10 years, yeah. go look at the first half of the first round and the second half of the first round. And the, the players are astoundingly different yeah. in those range. There are the odd picks that are great the players. Thompson's right. and they're there. Yep, the Robert Thomases. So then for you, as John you see Cassie this. you mentioned him. Yeah, yeah it's a big, I know, big great. Buffalo, Buffalo fan. <laughs> so the, the there's conditions on this Jacob Chikrin pick. Yep. So now are you, and I would say rooting is not the right word. You're following the Ottawa Senators to say, okay, let's hope they fall as far as they can. Or in the odd mythical world where they actually win the Eastern, <laughs> the get East. to the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. that picks yeah. another first. Yeah. So you're, we, we've encouraged our people to cheer for Ottawa to win it all or just lose miserably. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, and, and like I've, I've always had the thought process, my mother taught me this is not good to root, you know, bad for other people. So I, I just, you know, try not to. <laughs> Whatever happens, yeah, happens. Yeah. And then that's the best That's the best way to do it. And, and you know, my dad taught me that, you know, plan for the best and plan for the worst. And yeah. I think we, we've tried to do that um, with what we've done here. But um, proof's in the pudding, right? So where we're sitting five years from now, um, you know, it'll it'll 
Um, I feel good about it. And I feel good about what our staff has picked from, you know, before and what they've been able to dig out of the draft, even in a, an early sample from the Oats has been very good. Yeah. Well, there's the other thing, though, is and you mentioned it. You did some analysis on Ottawa's schedule down the stretch. But by trading them Chikrin, you did make them a little bit better. He's <laughs> yes, a great player. Yes, um, yes, so yeah. how did you dissect that risk, you know, giving them a player that's going to make them better down the stretch as, you know, we're not rooting for anyone to, to yeah. fail, but Coyotes yeah. fans are very interested in how the Senators the, finish. The East is a different animal with, yeah. with, the, with the teams that they have in there. So even though we gave them a chick who's a really good player that's going to help them become a better team, we felt the East was so stacked and with their schedule, it was so tough that, you know, it's going to be a hard one for them to overcome that to get into the playoffs. And if they do that, you know, can they can they move up and you know, that's uh, we're betting on our analytical team a little bit yeah. on that mm-hmm. one that uh, the odds are against them. And, uh, you know, we'll see where it lies. I just one real quick follow up on Chikrin just and then we'll we'll yeah. leave him. This looks from the outside. It's yeah. a player that's happy to yeah. be in that city. It's an organization that's happy with the return. You just said so. Yeah. Is there a sense of relief even into the locker room with the players and the coaches who liked Chikrin? I'm not saying that they yeah. didn't, but it's that this saga is over. Correct. Yeah. Well, th- th- there's, you know, like I said, we could write a book on this. It was interesting. Some of the the stuff that, you know, people, you know, give it, you know, reporters ask you and, and, and stuff gets kind of laid out. Like the guy said, well, you know, you guys went through this whole saga for, for that. I'm like, hold on, let's back up. He was injured for eight months. Yeah. <laughs> and, and previous to that, he was minus 20 and he had a terrible season. It's hard to trade a player that had a terrible season and he's out, uh, you know, on two surgeries. And I'm like, you guys, you know, you, you, you twist things around, but he had been injured for long periods of time. So our whole thing was, okay, how we're going to maximize this trade is we're going to get him back to health, which takes time. It took eight months to get him back to playing time. And then we're going to put him in there. And, you know, and we had great talks with him and he was so professional about it, about it. He was just unreal. And, and our coaching staff, you know, we, we, we found good places to play him. And, and you know, his, his game took off. And then that was when we had the chance to trade him. But let's be honest, when you've moved, when you've lost, when you, when you haven't played 38% of your last two seasons, what's the first thing a GM says to you on the other line of that, that phone is like, he's injured a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Price got to go down a little bit. So let, let's be honest about where it is. We were so excited for, for Chick that he landed in Ottawa because we tried to work with the player. Um, and he worked with us in saying that he wanted out. We wanted to get the most that we possibly could for him. And so to see him go to where he's, you know, his family is from, uh, and his sister lives there, and it's a great setup for him. Uh, and and I think he was excited about it too. And and you know, hopefully we were able to land him where he wanted to go. Absolutely. Well, lots more to get into. Um, but before we do, just want to let everybody know that uh, PD is drinking coffee today. He's not yes, drinking coffee. four peaks. I do a little respect today. I'm trying <laughs> um, to bring my A game. But if you know, know, you know, yes, rare, exactly. a rare day when you're not day drinking. <laughs> if, if you know, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but if you want to try out four peaks, especially the weather is really getting nice. This week. Yep. We're looking at 70 degrees. Spring training. Spring training's here. Spring is in the air. No better time to drink some four peaks beer. So you can grab your tickets to four peaks. Amazing spring beer dinner at four peaks.com slash events you must be 21 or older to enjoy responsibly and we mentioned spring training mlb is around the corner i know upd can't wait to bet on some baseball again um yeah it's it's just a lot of fun so we're gonna hit that amazing time where three sports in action tons of stuff you can bet on on the DraftKings sportsbook app so sign up for the app use the code phnx new customers can bet five dollars and get 200 in free bets Instantly, that's only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And I saw Sean just put a message in our chat, but we will be choosing five chat questions at the end of the show to ask Bill Armstrong. So throw your questions in the chat. We will star them and look to them at the end. But before we do, we do have a $5 super chat. Um, This is from our friend Altex. Bill Altex is the biggest Zach Cassian fan. He lives in St. Louis. Um, oh, okay. And was very excited about last night's goal. Yes. So Altex yes. said, sorry for not being here last night. I listened to the pod. So happy that Cassian scored. He is indeed goaded. So Altex, <laughs> we missed you last night. Um, thank you for your super chat. We appreciate it. But anyway. Yeah, we'll get back to this. Uh, I wanted to ask you about, uh, I'm not going to ask you about all the trades, but yeah. with Ghost and Bugstad in particular. Yeah. What's the market about what you expected for those guys? Yeah, I mean, there's there's some difficulties when you're moving people that have a certain amount of cap, uh, because most championship teams that you're dealing with that want to add players 
have limited amount of space in their cap to work yeah. with. So it's like a jigsaw puzzle when you're trying to move people because somebody might have a huge you know, interest in that player, but you can't fit them in on the cap and then you're trying to cut money and it doesn't work because the amount of, you know, I guess teams you'd have to rally around to cut the money uh, for, for the amount of what they want to cut the money, you can't get it done and it's not worth it. So there's a lot of things behind the scenes that, you know, it's really interesting and, um, you know, the phones are ringing. Like, you know, once once we moved Chick, you know, and then it was on to the next and, uh, and there, you know, it, it was it was on, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, phone calls that are going through and you're trying to sift through and, 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 and figure out where, where you can move your players, you know. Yeah, it's, they've all taken off, by the way. Yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody's scoring. Yeah, it's great to see. Yeah, yeah. It is. I, I mean, you know, I'm really happy for Ghost. Like, uh, he was somebody that came in with such a good attitude, and he just every day was effort. Uh, our players loved him. They fell in love with him. Our coaches staff loved him, and he was just a bundle of energy. And I really, truly think his game grew here. And uh, you know, if, on the on the GM side of it, it's awesome because we. We took him in for a second rounder. Someone paid us a second rounder, and then on the way out, we got a third rounder for him. Um, so for us, you know, to add in and, and help us with our rebuild and have a player like that on board for about a year and a bit, it's uh, it was it, it was is not only good on the GM side, but also as an organization, he helped us move forward. But you look at it, and I want to bring up two players that, that Craig just mentioned, Gossespair and Bukestad, two players that I'm, I can't believe I'm doing this, patting everybody on the back here. <laughs> First of all, they're great signings for your team because they gave you know leadership and veteran. Yeah. But they were guys that were, I mean, Bukestad, let's be honest, in Minnesota, he's their 13th forward, yeah. probably isn't going to play much, yeah. um, injury issues. And yeah. Gossespair, they paid you to take them. So you're looking at two players that, I don't want to say were their career's, Oh, we're definitely on a downswing. Yeah. But they come here under this coach, find something that, that they have in them, puts them in the right environment, the right ice time. They flourish, and now they're gone, and you see, oh, my gosh, Bukestead scores right yeah. away. Gostisbehere scores in his first two games. It's really a testament to, one, finding those assets. They're good people. Let's get them here. Yeah. And then a coach saying, okay. I can figure out where they fit. Yeah. It, it's unbelievable to watch what happened to those two players. It is, and they, and they've done a great job. Just um, you know, I think Ghost found a new life, and so did uh, Bukestad. He he told me in the summer when we signed him, he said, "I'm finally healthy. Been two years, I've been injured. I feel absolutely great." You know, and and you know, I think you know when you're playing ten minutes of ice, and some nights it's eight minutes or whatever. Yeah. It's hard to get a rhythm to play the game of hockey, and all of a sudden, you know, where you got Nick Bukestad at nights playing twenty two minutes. Yeah. He found his rhythm. He found the confidence. The puck's on a stick. He's moving his feet. He's always into the games. And he just took off. And I think, you know, for another team to get him, I was happy to make that phone call to move him on to Edmonton. They got a chance, obviously, to to win a championship. So for him to kind of join that and and be a part of that. And Nick, I don't know if you ever met him, but he is the greatest human being. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, he, he's Minnesota nice. Yeah. He's yes. a, a great teammate. He's a pro's pro and a great family man. Before yeah. you move on from Bukestad and, and oh, players boy. like that. No, I it, we are going to go to Minnesota. I, but, <laughs> but players like that. And they've moved on, but he's a free agent again in the summer. Yep. And I'm not even talking to him specifically, yep. but there's opportunities to bring players like Nick Bukestad Back to the program or that kind of player is what you're looking for for next year. I mean, the free agency market will be open and there's always, I, th I think we leave a good taste in the player's mm -hmm. mouth uh, when when they leave about, you know, what Arizona like, what the culture is like, what what the expectations are like. Um, and also, I mean, I think they're, they love playing in the mullet. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they love being a part of that. So it's a really good spot to, you know, we've got the opportunity to land the free agents. And I think with the 2.5, you know, tax laws, it's pretty good on the, on the I, th I think, I know it's something behind the scenes, but the players love the taxes here and they love the sunshine. And it's a, it's a great place to recruit players to come. And I think the more players that we have that come in and have a good experience and then leave, you know, they pass that along. Uh, I know the, 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 the media in Canada, uh, I mean, there's a lot of Coyotes haters out there. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> I think most of them are from Winnipeg, but, um, <laughs> or Quebec City, but the majority of, of, of haters out there on Twitter from, from, from the Oats, they don't realize how good a place it is to play in Arizona and how much the players love it. Mm. It's a special place and it's only getting better. Yep.
Um, well, you talked about all the draft picks you acquired in this trade deadline, but a couple of players did come over: Michael Kesselring, Connor Mackey, yeah. um, and obviously Brett Ritchie. But what do you? What can those guys bring? What can Coyotes fans expect from those players? Well, you know, we we targeted uh, Kesselring. Um, you know, he he had been on our radar for for a while. Um, he is a big body, you know, and he's got a bomb of a shot. Uh, so he's he's got some really intriguing factors. We like the length of him. He is a big man. Um, and he's got a great stick, and he defends well with the stick, and, and, and he can move a puck. And if you can't move a puck, it's, it's very hard to play in the National Hockey League. So he's got a lot of the, the, the intangibles that we, we like. Um, obviously, he's going to make some strides you know, to become an everyday NHL player, but he's certainly got some really intriguing factors about him. And then uh, Connor Mackey, who played for us last night, again, another big man with length. He's got some jam. He can move a puck. He was the most highly recruited player uh, coming out of college hockey a few years ago, and we never forgot that. And, you know, he just ran into a situation where coach wasn't playing him in Calgary. Uh, we felt that he could come here and, and, and help out and uh, he could have a trial run. Um, and so far, so good. He really looked good last night moving that puck as a big man. So um, the bigger, the better on, on the backside. And, yeah, uh, you and I talk about, and, can uh, you explain that a little bit? Because obviously they got to be mobile in today's yeah. NHL, but yeah. you like other reasons about that length as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in length on the backside. It's just there's only so much room in the game of hockey. And if you can get somebody out there with a good stick, with hockey sense that can move and and add some, you know, size in, 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 in just, I think the other thing is when you get into, eventually get into the seven game series, if your players aren't big back there, they, they have a hard time boxing out. There's a lot of battles. The game changes when you get to the playoffs. It's a grittier, harder game and you need some size. I think size fends off some injuries at times um, and it wears other teams down in seven game series. So, you know, we're always trying to acquire you know, a certain type of player uh, and draft a certain type of player, the the Maverick Lamaroos of the world that are, you know, six, seven. You can be too big, but, um, you know, we, we like the we like the players back there with some length and, and a little bit of grit in them. And uh, Mackie fits right into that for us. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about the deals you didn't make. There was a lot of chatter about some players <laughs> maybe moving on. Yeah. Nick Schmaltz was one of those players. But you said the other day when we talked to you, you know, a few hours after the deadline passed, you kept the core of this team intact yeah. intentionally. Let's talk about that. And then I also want to throw a hypothetical. You're going to love that. Maybe yeah. you don't even want to yeah. answer that. But how would you <laughs> handle it? Yeah. Well, yeah. let's start with that, yeah. with, with the intention of keeping the core together. What was your whole mindset there? Yeah, I, I, I think, I think you know, when your team goes through the deadline, um, it's hard for them. They become attached to our players. And we have this thing where – you know, our coach does a great job of making them a team team. And then all of a sudden, you know, I come in there and, and move people around very quickly and, and gain assets. And, you know, I felt it a little bit more this deadline that our players were, you know, they were attached to their team and, and I could feel that. Um, it, it's, it's interesting when that happens because you feel for our players when they're going through the process. But what we did on the back side of that is Ingrams of the world and the and, and Veg Malkas that we feel are, are, are good at what they do and the Mosers and the Balamakis and you know Keller and, and Schmoltz and Kraus and Michellis of the world and uh, McBain's of the world. Uh, the core has stayed together. We, we did not move those pieces. Those pieces are going to be back next year and we're going to build off that and we're going to take another step to be better. Um, whether we add young players in, the Coolies of the world, um, that are, that uh, might have a chance to come in. We'll see. But I, I, I tell you, our team will take another step forward uh, for next year. And, and I believe because we kept those pieces together. Hypothetical. Yep. The reality of the rebuild sets in sometimes for players. They real, this, realize yep. this is a long haul. This is yep. not short. This is the prime of a lot of these guys' careers. Yep. What if you had another player come to you and say, you know what? I'd really like the chance to compete for a playoff team over the next few years. What do you do in that situation? And I know it's specific yeah. to the player, but. And that can happen again. That can happen tomorrow. Yeah. And we have good relationships with our players. I think we have some honesty, some transparency. Um, we're, we're hoping that for us, um, they're going to buy into the fact that we're going to come back to be a better team next year. And, and you know, I think there's. There's some ways we can do that to take a step. I'm, I'm not talking about going and, okay, we're not going to be stupid about it. We're not going to go sign all these guys and, and be back right where we started. It yeah. has to ha happen uh, naturally, um, but there are ways that we can use um, our picks to to acquire you know some players or enhance deals uh, that will make us a better team. 
um, and that we can take another step forward next year and and let it happen, uh, as I call naturally. Um, we saw, obviously, with the trade deadline, with a lot of guys on their way out, there were a ton of call-ups from Tucson. Um, <laughs> Tucson right now is in a position, they're currently in a playoff position yeah. in the AHL. They're, you know, primed and hoping to make a playoff run. How do you approach it with Tucson, you know, with call-ups, keeping in mind that that's their goal and not, you know, yeah. decimating their team? Because, you know, for a team to compete in a playoff situation, that helps players' development. So how do you balance that with Tucson? It is a tough balance. It is one thing that you feel terrible at night when you go to sleep because you know you've taken from them, you know, and you keep taking from them. At the same time, you also give young players opportunities that they might not see in other uh, other organizations. So it's great for that fact um, that we get to take looks at the the Soderstroms of the world, the Kessel Rings of the world, the you know days and you know and Dolphins of the world, and and give them chances where normally maybe they wouldn't get the chance. But at the same time, you also deplete, you know, your minor league team and you're trying to develop players down there, the Ben McCartney's and the Smiths of the world. And and when you get to a certain point where you, you know, you take so much from them, you can't keep them at a level that you can compete. That's that's tough for them and it doesn't enhance your prospects. So there's a balance there. Um, I would say that we still are trying to find that balance. Um, I think as the organization uh, structurally with players coming in over the next few years will be we'll have some more stability and that's that's what we're looking to create with the rebuild you're kind of all over the place because you're yeah. selling assets we're looking to become more uh, have more stability in our organization for the for the coming years all right well more to get to i've seen a ton of questions come <laughs> through the chat uh, so keep um, asking we'll we can only pick a few so if your question doesn't get answered i apologize a few of them we've already answered it's leah's fault she's the one deciding so as we've gone along we've answered a few already um but before we move on i just want to tell everybody about more furniture obviously i just moved i'm still buying furniture it's crazy how long everything takes but thankfully for me i got more furniture at my disposal and they have amazing white glove delivery so i don't have to worry about my furniture getting delivered and being broken i could just be set up for me especially with this busy stretch of yep. games, you know, I'm, I'm busy, so I need I need that. So thank goodness for more. They really helped me a lot with this move. Um, and you can save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. That's M-O-R furniture.com. And uh, right after we finish our show, we got lunch waiting for us. We do? Um, this See, but do I have to put an order in? Because usually no, I forget. you do not so because the spaghetti shack Perfect. came with a nice order of spaghetti, meatballs, Perfect. garlic bread. Yep. <laughs> uh, we love spaghetti <laughs> shack. Um, that this, right? <laughs> uh, and it's, it's, a, it's an awesome business, too, because they're community-focused. <laughs> their to-go pasta concept started right here in Tempe, Arizona, by five lifelong friends. And they are currently serving Tempe and Queen Creek, hoping to come to your neighborhood soon. So check out Spaghetti Shack. Uh, like I said, ASU alum owned and operated. So pretty cool. Fantastic. Pretty cool business. Um, all right. Do, should we take a look in the chat? Yeah, or why don't we take a look in the chat? So then. let's see what let's we see got. What we let's see to. what we got going in the chat. There's a ton. Wrap up. Um, okay. This one, I was trying to read and get ahead of it. So here's a fun one from Tim. What color suits we wearing this year in Nashville? Need to give my tailor a I would say there's going to be some maroon in there. Tim, there you go. <laughs> um, uh, there was a question, I think. Can we scroll down? There was one from Julia, Sean, that I want to read. Um, there's so many. Okay, there it is. So if the Coyotes don't get an elite player at this draft, so top three. I mean, yeah. you can find elite players yeah. anywhere, but top. if the Coyotes don't get a top three pick, what's the plan? Is the rebuild just extended? Um, well, you, you, you want to obviously try and get in the, the top three if we can. Obviously, that would be, you know, It'd be great if we're picking there. Um, I've always had the philosophy at the draft where, you know, there's no excuses. Um, So, you know, there's no crying. There's, you know, if if you've got to find a player. And that's, that's all, you know, and, and, you know, if you think about my time when I was with the Blues, uh, the highest uh, I ever got to pick as as a leader was, was 20. Um, Yarmo Kekalainen, who I love, was my boss, who's the Columbus Blue Jacks team. I mean, he had the, he picked at one, he picked, yeah. you know, Peter Angelo, I think at five, he got, <laughs> you know, he was all over. And I got, I got the highest I ever got to pick was at 20. But the philosophy is that there's no excuses. We've got to find players. Um, you know, sometimes you get, you know, you get the old Jack Eichel, 
Connor McDavid, where the GM on the other side was Tim Murray there in Buffalo. He was, you could see, you know, he, he was like, he was disappointed or whatever that he didn't get McDavid. Um, I, we don't have that opportunity to get disappointed here. We've, we've got to get to work and there's no excuses. It's a lottery. There's nothing you can do if it, if it doesn't fall your way. You've got to move on and, and you've got to find players that can go into your rebuild and, um, you know, it's it's not a one man show. It's it's a team, and you got to draft a team. Yep. Um, we have another question from Chris that I like this one. How much or difficult is it to turn off your scouting brain to transition to GM? Do you still do the final steps of evaluation, or do you defer to your head of scouting? Oh, good question. Uh, you, part of being a GM is having the ability to evaluate. So. You listen to your, like, for example, if we're going to go sign a college free agent tomorrow, you know, you listen to your scouts. That's your main thing. You read as much as you can about the reports. You go through the analytical people. They would touch base with your, you know, if let's say he's a defenseman, you'll give some tape to one of your coaches, get some feedback from him, go to your development staff, get some feedback from him. And then at the end of the day, you've got to sit down and watch. So it's just when you're a GM, it's more about, compiling the information, making everybody a part of the decision. And at the end of the day, you know, everybody gets one votes and I get, I get 10, you know, so <laughs> yeah. you, you still use your evaluation, but you have to listen to your people. That's what they're doing. If, if you're not listening to your people, I mean, you're not, you're not out at the rinks every day, you know? And, and I think as a young, with a young staff, um, that we've, we've worked together now for a few more years, you get more trust as time goes along and that that happens and you know like this guy's had great success drafting people or signing free agents from you know and he's pounding the table you got to listen to him and that's you got to listen to your people you cannot as a gm think that you're going to do everything there's just not enough time in the day yep um great questions in the chat by the way yeah. uh, thanks for asking um we'll do one more for right now we might revisit them at the end but i want to ask mark's question about mcbain is there an update on you know where he fits in i guess with the future of this team and by the way lots of commentary that you and he kind of look alike <laughs> yeah. we were talking about that, that last yeah. night <laughs> there's a there's a picture that my wife uh <laughs> dug up from when I was like 19 or whatever and we look identical wow. um, that's the big joke uh, with his agent uh, you know me all the time you know he calls me Jack's father you know we did the, the press conference and I guess Jack's dad said something to do with the mom said you know wow he does they do look for <laughs> but uh, where does he fit in with the future of this team? oh he's he's you know he's had a good year he's had a really really good year and you, and you watch you know and it's interesting watching the rookies in the NHL because they go up and down, up and down, up and down. And it's a grind, you know. It's just they're not used to being playing at that the highest level every night that they can possibly squeeze out of their body. Um, and he's had he's done a great job. You know, he's exactly the player that we thought he was when we gave up that second round. We still feel like he's got some more growth and he's part of our, you know, you know, bang and crash and physical, yeah. you know, he, he fits into that identity of the Coyotes. And, you know, you've seen some games where he goes out there, he runs over somebody in Chicago there, and, you know, he's got a he's got a fight to Nordy, and he does that. And he's a first-year guy, and Crazy. he's put up some good points, and he's, he's found his game. Uh, you know, we're going to do everything we can to sign him. I don't see that being a problem. I hope his agent's not listening because he's got Pat Morris, one of the best <laughs> agents in the game, and will be he'll be using all my words that, that right I just now. said against me. He'll play this video yeah. actually hey. when we're negotiating. Yeah. <laughs> but this this brings up an interesting question about Jack McBain. And you go to the game last night against the New Jersey Devils, and it's the, the Coyotes played hard, but they're down yeah. by one late. Yeah. And, and I think we understand the assignment here at PHNX. We with, as Coyote followers and fans, we want this team to have the best opportunity to get the highest draft pick yeah. possible. We get what yeah. the rebuild's about. We understand it. We want this team to be competitive, but maybe not win every game. Having said that, from the GM booth, your, your mission is similar to that. You're looking for the best assets you can get. Jack McBain scores a goal with two minutes to go of the game to tie one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. What's the immediate reaction in the GM booth? What What is that emotion like for you? Um, it, it's pretty good. I mean, I, I cheer for our group. I mean, you know, we're we're at the point in, in, in you know, the rebuild where you just don't want to get into that, that you're so negative and you're cheering against your team and you're just, that's not me. I don't know if, you know, you know, Craig has to deal with me on a daily basis, but I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm a pretty happy guy. Um, I believe in people and I see the good in our team and our coaching staff and what we're doing with the process. So 
it is where where it is, you know. And uh, my job is to build, you know, and off off the ice, and you know, and 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 let them play on the ice. And if so be it, if they win, they do. Uh, I'm not getting into the thing where we're 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 going to be that team that cheers against, you know, our, our own players and that kind of stuff. So you've got to approach it with the right mindset. Um, and you cheer for the success of your players and your team, and it is what it is. It, where it lies is where it will lie. And uh, if you if you if you're negative and you kind of go the other way, and you're you know it's just you. I, I'm not that type of person, and don't want to go down that road. With that in mind, what are your expectations for these final 19 games? Well, you know, I, I had a chat with a, a few of the, the 20. Pl- I well, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. I think it's 19. It is good. Yeah. It's 19. And Matt is right for once. <laughs> we, we've worked hard on building our culture. We've worked hard on making sure our players come to the rink and compete every night and compete for each other um, as a team. We've worked extremely hard on the skill part, the eating part, uh, you know, you know how we approach, you know, the load management, the sports science, everything that we've done we're going to continue with that process and we expect our players to fight like coyotes right down to the end and that's what and that's that's what we ask of our players and and you know that because you know I, you know whatever happens after that we got to come back to the ice with with a lot of guys that are coming back and you know they 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 get it and and they they understand what's expected of them down the stretch okay last one just to put a bow on this last one for me anyway yep. What do you want fans to know about the future of this franchise from your perspective? The future's bright. I, I, I think, you know, probably for the first time maybe in, in, in franchise history, you know, as far as the draft picks, you know, all the way to 2026, um, there is a lot of assets that can be used in a lot of different ways to give this franchise more power than it probably the majority of, I'd say 90% of all other NHL teams. We've got a chance to make a huge step here. Um, and we've done that by acquiring the assets. They're in the bank. They're there. It's not like we're making. They're there. That part of it is is set up. And now it's 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 a chance for the organization to take a step in the right direction to move forward with the draft picks. You look at you know I think we were rated um, by two publications the other day with the number one draft pick in in the NHL, and that's Logan Cooley. And you know he's he's got a good chance to. To come here at, at some point in time and, and be a huge, have huge, massive impact for this organization, along with the Connor Geekies and the Lamaroos of the world, and you know, in a short period of time, you know, whether it's McBain's or the Vegmalkas of the world or the Mosers, we've added, you know, some good assets to this organization. Cap wise, we're probably in the best shape of any NHL team out there. And if we can just let it grow naturally and just keep adding and getting better and and being making smart money decisions, you know, and we can get there because the other aspect of it is as you build, not only with players, but you have to be smart with the contracts. As soon as you get to the point that you don't balance your team properly and you overpay for somebody, it has huge amount of impact on your club. And you look at some of the clubs out there, they can't find balance and they just keep, you know, faltering and going. So building is one that we're in great shape. We've got to do a great job with the contracts coming up and, and down the stretch and that that'll be the next part of the next phase that we go through but uh, the organization for us and, and the fans should know it is a bright future for the coyotes all right well before we wrap up there are you know there's a ton of home games left this season we've seen how competitive this team can be um, bright future ahead so if you want to get out to some of those games i recommend checking out the game time app save up to 60 percent on tickets when you buy them last minute we've all used game time it's super easy to use you can also buy parking passes on there it just makes it all easier all in one um, so the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in our description um, and then we always love feedback so let us know what events it's not just sporting events concerts too what events you use game time to get your tickets to because we've heard nothing but great feedback from the people who have tried game time and uh you know maybe uh hit up circle k on your way oh, to the game we got we got the snack cart in studio um we, we're so excited to be partnered with circle k you had the orange slices yep, the orange other day slices. i've had multiple bags of salt and vinegar chips just anything you need it's at circle k um we love it and we're so excited to partner with them and to kick things off we've teamed up for an amazing giveaway opportunity text phnx to 31310 
for an opportunity to win a $500 gas card. So that's wow. 31310. Text PHNX to that number <laughs> for an opportunity to win a $500 gas card. See our show notes for more details. Anything else you guys want to? We got ask? a super chat. We better get. To yeah, it. we do. We have we have two super chats actually. Um, we, so people giving us money. Yeah, so Third we'll start with John, I guess. <laughs> um, and this is a question about the you know the cap situation. Um, is if the NHL and NHLPA are upset about weaponizing cap, isn't the alternative that wealthy teams wouldn't be able to make deadline moves? That's mm. yeah, it's. I mean, the CBA is up in a few years, so I think there'll be a lot of negotiations and there'll be a lot of talk about the LTIR. Yeah. And yeah. and you know, I probably foresee maybe you know some few some some changes in that a little bit. Um, some people have talked about you know when it comes to the trade deadline, and, and this is talked about a little. I was reading an article about it where they're talking about okay, well you can add as much money as you want to your team yeah. at the deadline. There's no there's no cap; it goes away. But the cap comes back in when you put your roster together on the ice it has to be under a certain amount so you can have all the players you want stockpiled but you, when the when game starts this is this is you know you have to figure it out and get in and, and wow. get your cap down i like that idea i don't know if it'll it'll go through or there's probably mm. more to it uh but that 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 makes a fairness that people aren't using you know other ways to you know put 106 million dollars uh, players on the ice yeah, you can have 106 million. You just you can't you, put them on the ice. You can't put them on the ice. Great. I'm so, curious where this goes because I've heard a lot of propositions. Like there, there's people talking about the exception to, or you know, yeah. a luxury tax or a franchise yeah. player, so that you can yeah. exceed the cap yeah. on, on the other end of it. I, I think there's something like that coming our way. Um, the NHL has done a great job um, at, at making the game uh, one of the best games with the, the obstruction calls, the overtime, the shootouts. And just it's, it keeps getting better and faster, um, and you know they also do a good job behind the scenes of trying to to make sure that the the league is a competitive and fair league. One more super chat. This one's from Jordan. Um, Jordan asks, "How much easier will your job be if the Tempe voters approve the TED on May 16th? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's a great question. <laughs> I get excited when I think about the possibilities of having that rink. Um, in Tempe, it would be a game changer for this organization. Might be the biggest thing that's ever happened to this organization because of the fact that you can put two practice rinks underneath um, with a, with a one of the most the way it's been drawn up looks like one of the most beautiful rinks in the NHL. You put it in a town that's attractive to players, the condo living, the the no traffic, the beautiful entertainment district that they have down there, just the vibe at Tempe is so good. You're 10 minutes from the airport. You're 10 minutes from where we fly out, you know, as far as a team. Yeah. Um, there's no traffic for the players. You got sunshine down there. You got good taxes. It's a home run for us as an organization. It would give us such a better way, um, I guess, to win the recruiting wars. Uh, <laughs> just with other teams, when you're looking at top end talent and it's even of what you're offering, now you've got the taxes, the sunshine. You know, we can become uh, what Tampa is to the NHL now. Yeah, very true. Mm. Well, Bill, we can't thank you enough for setting aside some time after a very busy week, yes, you know, when you could be unwinding. Um, so we appreciate you coming in and everybody here in the chat. If we didn't answer your question, Sorry, we there was amazing questions, by the yeah, way. We could have done an entire episode just of questions from the chat. But everyone here, we appreciate you. Be sure to hit that like button, subscribe to our YouTube channel, PHNX Sports, and subscribe to PHNX Coyotes wherever you get your audio podcasts as well. You can follow us on Twitter at SPetersHockey, at Leah Merrill, at Craig S. Morgan, at Sean underscore DePause. You can follow the show at PHNX underscore Coyotes. Follow PHNX Sports across all social platforms. Become a diehard at gophnx.com, and we will be back tomorrow for our post-game show. But until then, everybody, enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll talk to you soon.